0: Whose work is better today than it was pre-COVID and why? That's the question I pose to our audience. Tom Ziegler and I talked through the comments and of interest, you'll hear what a lot of businesses did, what they did well and why. Of more importance, however, you'll hear Tom bring up the uncertainty of the past 18 months and what it has done for business overall and how really we can all respond across the board as with things shaping up as they are the uncertainty of the marketplace looks to continue so shoring up our businesses to successfully weather whatever's going to happen is just wise and we spend a lot of the time during this episode discussing ways to do so Welcome to The Ziggler Show, a top-ranked all-time career podcast in Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we expound on Zig Ziglar's be, do, and have philosophy, meaning you have to be the right kind of person, then do the right things before you can expect to have what really matters in life, and we want you to have what matters. Also, check out my podcast, What Drives You, where we talk with people who have reached impressive achievements to ask what drove them, good and bad, and we dig into the very motives that drive us all with the goal of clarifying just what is driving you. Then in my true life podcast, we want to get you fully functioning physically. So your body doesn't hold you back. You can find all three of my shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to the Ziegler show, I invite you to visit Ziegler.com. Connect with Tom Ziegler and the Ziegler family about upcoming events and how they can come alongside you and help you inspire your true performance. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. And if folks haven't heard it by now, Tom has a new book coming out this December, right around my birthday, uh, on disruption. And that's- I wrote it for you. I wrote it for you. I figured you did. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll be Mr. Disruption. But looking at that, that's really the premise that I came in. So even as I asked the question, you know, whose work is better today than it was pre COVID and why, and I'll read through some of those and we can, we can comment about them. But it was to also just bring our attention to disruption. We recently did a show with Doug Paul about innovation and our need to innovate. And again, it's just counter cult, uh, I should say counterintuitive. We're all looking for the thing that works. And when we find the thing that works, we think we've arrived. And then darn it, if a month or a year or a decade or whatever later, that thing that works doesn't work, especially in business today. And just the need for us all to be aware of that, the disruption is going to come. And I think that that's you know, part of your message is disruption is going to come. And what do we do about it? So that's the flavor as I go through some of these. But can I just throw some at you, Tom? Absolutely. Brandon Russell he says, I moved from being a high school graduate, small business owner to an MBA graduate and just started in the teaching field. We saw a lot of people go after education. Uh, it was a big time. And I think you saw that just in the coaching world, Tom. A lot of people took the time to increase their skills and their knowledge and to get another degree, to get a licensure, to get a certification, to learn a new skill. And of course, then the question begs, why are we not doing that before? And it's, I would assume it's because we are comfortable. We found something that works and we go along there as opposed to now. I, I... Actually, I don't know, Tom, what are you seeing out there? Because I know that we're seeing some turmoil and friction in traditional education as far as college, university and whatnot, but it seems like from what I've seen, I haven't studied it, that's why I'm asking you, are we seeing an increase in people going after an increase in their skills, abilities, capability, whether that's coaching, consulting, counseling, Online courses and into literal licenses, uh, certifications, degrees.
1: Yeah, so I'll answer that. For, you know that that first question, which is why. Okay. Uh, in one of my recent writings, I wrote this sentence, and I should check it because uh, this is this sounds like somebody else more than me. But I I wrote, what's happened is we've discovered the reality of uncertainty and the certainty of mortality. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So we tend to go through life and we get into a rhythm and we say, you know, this is my house and this is my work and, and this is how I approach things. And our identity is what we do. And so, then uncertainty comes in, change, disruption, challenge. We get sent home from the pandemic. uh, And even if we're doing the same job, but we're doing it in a totally different way from home instead of in the office, from a camera instead of face-to-face, or our spouse or partner is in, and we've got kids running in the background and everybody's like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And, you know, my, my uh, daughter and son-in-law, they they were uh, on the path to get married, and they wanted to buy a house. And you know what they did? They did something crazy. They b- Before they were married, they wanted a new build. So they went out to a development, and they they said, this is the house we want. And they put a, a little tiny fraction of money down so it would be ready by the end of the year. And But it was when the real estate market was panicking. Nobody was buying anything, so they got a discount on it. And then four weeks later, the market goes through the roof, right? And now by the time they move in, they're selling the same house for 20% more. I mean, it's just, and so all of us have, we see that uncertainty in our life. And so Jim Rohn has this great quote, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. And so I think when people invest in themselves in education uh, in a coaching uh, certification or, or, or whatever, this is like the number one thing you can do. You get a seven times return when you invest in yourself, if you're better, it doesn't matter what direction you go in Uh, you know, in our, in our coaching program, just to give you an example it's it's for people who want to coach others kind of a life coach kind of a a, you know a, a whole life balanced approach to success and we help people discover their why and you know and i know that some of the coaches are going to come through they're going to be fired up they're going to they're going to learn this it's going to change them okay so education changes you and dad always said when you learn something new it combines with what you already know, gives you a new perspective, and new doors open up. And so, some of these coaches, when they go through, they're like, "Wow, this is fantastic!" And then they become more desirable because their countenance has changed, their skill set has changed, their confidence has changed, and they get an offer they can't refuse. Uh, one of our guys in real estate, you know, he comes through. And then right out of the gate, he he gets a multi-million dollar listing and sells it. And he's like, that never would have happened before. (laughs) Right. And so are we, you know, what did the education to become a coach do? It allowed him to see what was possible, the potential he had in himself. And so sometimes the education that we get, it gets applied in an area we never even thought, right? It it helps us in some other area. And then, so that's the reality of uncertainty. Well, what is certain? If we grow, no matter what we do, it will be better. And then there's the reality of mortality. So I think during this time, uh, people started asking themselves, does what I do matter? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is what I'm doing right now really the best use of my gifts and talents? Am I really fulfilled in what it is that I want to accomplish because why? They've had friends, they've had family, they read the paper, they see the news and people are having, uh, you know, people are dying and life-changing physical conditions are happening because of this. And because it's so prevalent, it takes over a big share of our thinking. And that thinking makes us ask the big question, hey, I'm not gonna be here forever what am I going to do? How is my life going to matter? And so that's another reason people go out and get education is they go into an area that they've always wanted to, but there's always been a convenient reason. But now the reason for not doing it is so small in comparison to the reason for doing it, because nobody wants to die with their music still in them. Well, your statement
0: of, we don't, you attribute it to Jim Rohn, we don't want things, uh, don't wish for things to be easier, wish you were stronger or or better, or or I said stronger is what went through my mind, obviously. And that is interesting to me because it's the age old thing, you know, would you rather next year inherit a million dollars or would you rather have your work and your innovation and your strength and betterment produce a million dollars? for you. And most anyone who has overcome something before, because some, there's some, especially the younger crowd who hasn't overcome something. A lot of them will probably go, I just, gosh, just give it to me. But those who have overcome and know the fulfillment of that say, man, I want to earn it. And that's going to be most of the people, if not all who are listening to this, but how do we become stronger? Again, it's just, we we're listening to stuff constantly. We're reading stuff, but is that really our perspective? I want to be more capable have more capacity, be able to be resilient to the uncertainty, as you said, Tom, I want to be
1: better in six months. I was, uh, I was just on a webinar uh, with Casey Cunningham, and she is the founder, CEO of Zenix. It's an amazing company. They do a lot of development in the mortgage uh, industry training and things like that. And we were talking about this, and this, is, this was her life's defining question she was trying to pick between two jobs early in her career and she's a top performer. She was, uh, on the fast track in sales and she could go to one company where she knew the founder, they were good friends and she knew that she would be number one, almost right out of the gate. Or she could go to this other company, which was the number one brand, very competitive, but a very, uh, detailed, training and development program and she'd have to start at the bottom and she'd have to fight and claw and scratch and perform to be in the top there. And so she had this choice. Do I want to be number one like tomorrow or do I want to prove my worth in this other thing? So she went to her sister or I can't remember. She said her sister or friends and what should I do? And they said, Oh, that's easy. You just ask yourself the question. <laughs> do you want to grow? Hmm. (laughs) which one's going to help you grow. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, whether it's a a biblical wisdom or, you know, just traditions set down through the ages, people are happiest when they're growing. Right. That's, that's, that's when life is, is the most rewarding, is is giving it your all, growing, giving it your all and getting a little bit better the result the next day because you're getting better at it. And if we're we're always growing, uh, it's kind of like this, you know, one of my favorite is Rabbi Lappin's, you know, the opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose and if we're growing and we are intentional about growing towards our purpose then happiness is the byproduct of that so i think some people they combine those two things remember the reality of uncertainty and the certainty of mortality now if i can grow towards my purpose that's why education and learning something new in an area that makes my heart sing and that's like the holy grail
0: yeah well and and you said growth and the one that i think i fall back on so much which is the same thing different word but it's just progress i mean we know that the thing that just makes us baseline happiness happiest is progress. And, and it's, as you were talking about it, Tom, I was kind of laughing at myself of some of the, even the little things that I do. Uh, we got this, we got given to the, us. I didn't really even know that much about it. You know, the Roomba, the, the, the little vacuum cleaner. We have a fleet of those. Do you? Okay. See, I, I just, I was ignorant. I had kind of heard of them. I didn't know. So we had one given to us. I thought, this is the dumbest thing. Are you serious? It sat for months, literally. Finally, I felt guilty because we'd been given it uh, and to, to use it. And, and I used it and I, I do love clean floors, but I just thought really I'm gonna let this little robot go. So you've been to my house, you know the bottom floor is uh gosh, what is it, twenty four hundred square feet, just the bottom floor, mostly concrete. Dusty, dust bunnies, whatnot. And uh, I let that thing go and I now have clean floors. I love, I I literally get up in the morning. It's the dumbest thing. I'm so ashamed of myself, but I I get up in the morning and I'm so (laughs) eager to go see that thing where it sat back in its spot and pull the thing out and see how much junk it got off the floor. I feel like progress has been made. I mean, I am going around, there's less allergens, dust, mess, whatever. I love that. The other thing I do, I have, I'm not a plant guy necessarily, but I have one plant, an African violet. And I pride myself on keeping it blooming most of the year. And I check on that thing. New blooms, old blooms, things need to be pruned. I mean, just little progress. We'll take that further. When we just are looking forward to the weekend, to the evening, to a vacation, and then to bigger things, obviously, to getting healthier, weller, fitter. The big one we look at, money. Making more money is a huge one. Uh, Getting more recognition. You know, what are these things? But for everyone to take an audit and go, do you have anything to look forward to? Anything that's a a little progress, a little growth, even just something, again, you know, I, I don't know if a vacation is progress or growth, but it's something to look forward to. And the lack of that causes so much depression, despair, numbness, and we then medicate to have something to look forward to. So growth, progress. I mean, it's a great thing just to list down from the little things like did your vacuum clean up everything that night? Or do you have a, a new bud on your plant to are you growing a business? Are you growing your health? Are you growing a relationship? Such a huge, such a huge piece of it. So thanks for pulling that out. Hey, here's a couple, a uh, couple others, Tom. Jason Smith. I know Jason. I have some of his Art in my home, actually. But he says, I'm working five jobs right now. This is a consummate entrepreneur, kind of jack of all trades. So he's master of some as well. But he has a, he says his metal fabrication shop, busier than ever. Irrigation jobs the same. Remodel job uh, that he started a year ago is going great. Uh, farm work is the same. And is yeah. he's got a big client who would like him to quit everything so he can put as much hours in there. And he says, why is that? He says, I can't totally tell you, meaning, you know, why did that industry grow? grow specifically. He said, despite all the material costs going up anywhere from 60 to 1200% construction and fabrication work went through the roof as soon as COVID hit. You know, that's interesting because we saw some people, whereas we had the speaking industry in March, 2020 hit and boom, gone. You are not on stage. You are not traveling. You're not up in front of anybody. You're not getting paid. And you had to pivot. We had other ones, obviously, like anybody in the medical field whose work doubled and quadrupled people in the delivery. I mean, don't you wish you had stock in DoorDash? I wish I had predicted that one. Uh, You know, it just went through the roof. And yeah, why do we have uh, well, we had somebody else, let me Jeff Jones. He said real estate. He just started in 2020, started real estate. What a great time to jump into real estate. And Tom, you may know more about this. I actually looked up some of the articles on why, because it's a big search. Why are house prices so high? Why are they hard to find? Why is real estate, you know, where it is? And there's a lot of lot of debate on that, a lot of conjecture about that. But who would have predicted? How would we have thought that this is going to happen? So Jason's attesting to he happens to be in one of those fields where, man, things just rocked as opposed to the opposite. Restaurants, again, there are restaurants in my town that never recovered. Uh, how would we have known? There's restaurants now, speaking of just you talking about some uncertainty, Tom, restaurants now that COVID, everything opened up and they thought, great, now we're back in business. They did. They had no thought of. I'm not going to be able to find employees, and so here in my little town again, where I mean, I could I could list off every restaurant because we don't have that many, and there's a bunch of them that are now open only certain days because they cannot staff enough to be open every day. Who would have thought that would happen and be a result? How could you have predicted that? So we're back to your aspect of uncertainty, and I feel like a big lesson from all this is. There's no way to predict it. What's going to happen? And so, what are the tenets? Now, you got a book coming out about leadership within disruptive times, and you know, there's also the tenets of looking at man. We have got what a better time. Back to who was it? Robert Allen, multiple streams of income. I was written a long so. written a long time ago. I don't, I, it's I, it's never been more necessary. I would say today, which is difficult if you're an employee somewhere. Great time to have a side gig, don't you think? You are listening to The Ziggler Show and this episode on how to flourish in uncertain times. Next, Tom speaks to the employees I just mentioned and shares that maybe better than a side gig is just being a top performer, a linchpin, as Seth Godin says.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, It's what I believe is it's a great time to be a top performer.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. If you're a top performer, whatever your skill set is, if your attitude, your effort, and your skill is in that top performer category where you're, you know, you, you produce, then whether you work for yourself or you work for someone else, it's your game. I mean, top performers right now, can not only start their own business, but they can work for anyone from anywhere in the world. I mean, there is no uh, limitation. When Apple a month ago sends out a letter for everybody to move back to headquarters and they get a signed document back from 80 of their top people saying, yeah, we're not coming back, uh, that that's the game just changed. The titan of industry doesn't get to say, if you want to be a top performer, this is what you have to do for us the top performers are saying, Hey, if you want a top performer, <laughs> the rules are a little different. And, and, and so, you know, maybe this is, I could do a little research though, uh from the book right here, because what happened is people went home, their values changed. Uh, the lockdown people started not traveling. Uh, people started saving for a rainy day. I think the savings rate is higher than it's ever been in history in the United States. Hmm. So what did people start buying? Uh, RVs, boats, camping gear, uh, tree houses. In other words, (laughs) anything anything they could do that would make their new, you see, life used to, you know, it's almost like the American way was life revolves around work. We schedule our family around work. We schedule our vacation around work. We schedule uh, our relationships around work. We, We schedule our eating around work. And there's been this shift where a lot of people have said, wait a second, what if I scheduled work around my family? What if I what if I scheduled work around my physical health? Right. And so that priority shift. So what's important to me? You know what? I need to remodel this house. You know, what'd be cool is a tree (laughs) fort, a tree house.
0: Yeah, I did that.
1: I know. Well, (laughs) there are people who that's what they do. They they build ten thousand dollar and up tree houses as professionals. They're booked out, you know. And and then the materials disappear. So why did the housing market uh, get tight? There's a couple of there's a lot of reasons, but there's a couple of interesting ones. Um. People left high cost of living places like California or big cities. They sold and then they moved to low cost of living houses or places. And they thought, I can get a house twice as big for half the money. I'm going to buy a lake house. So they trade one house for two. That's crazy. And then supply chain issues. So fewer houses were built. Because we couldn't get lumber, we couldn't get, uh, gosh, I think, what, what, you know, dishwashers and washers and dryers and refrigerators. Gosh, what a backlog on those! If you're build, if you're a builder building homes that come equipped with, uh, you know, stoves and ovens and things like that, and you can't get them for six months, then the supply gets delayed. So every year, a certain number of houses become unfixable. Right? They just they did their teardowns. And so the teardown exceeded uh, or you know, kept up with normal rate, but the new builds didn't equal up and the number of buyers came in and the supply went down. So then we had a law that said no evictions during COVID. And so I wonder how many uh, landlords are trapped because they wanna sell their property they wanna get this higher price, which would bring the market down if they could get more houses on the market. But depending on the state, it can be kind of tenuous on, can I get rid of a tenant during this time, even if they're not paying the rent? So that's this all adds up. But, f- but for everybody who is planning your own personal pr- and professional future, here's the value shift. People have, because of the certainty of mortality, they're putting their priorities in the center. And work is now orbiting that instead of work being the center and everything orbiting work. Now, here is the crazy thing. When you make your family, your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, your own financial stewardship, your own personal goals and dreams, when you make those a priority, something really weird happens. You can perform at a higher level than you ever could in the past. You can can have more what I call outcome in less time than before because now, you're going at it from a balanced success centered. This is taking me towards my purpose than ever before. And so the trade-off is not having to commute for those who are lucky enough to have a job where you can work from home or whatever. Not only do you get extra hours in the day to conceivably work if you want to, but even if you take those extra hours to center the other things in your life, you're going to be more effective in the hours that you do work. It's 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 that's why I get real. That's why I love this podcast. That's why i say everybody listening to it, you need to share this episode of this podcast, because what we're seeing right now is something that is going to push the way we do life for the next five to 10 years. Yeah.
0: Yep. I, I want to make a call out to a couple of things you said, Tom. Um, You talked about being indispensable, and I wrote this down and forgot to stick it in there because I did make a mention to those who are employees and may not feel like there's as many options to have multiple streams of income. Uh, I just saw somebody recommended the other day, uh, and we just reproduced a show from Seth Godin, our interview with Seth Godin, Tom, and his book, Lynchpin. But if you're an employee, this is the time to become a linchpin, to become indispensable. And if everybody else is going to be let go, you can't be because you are indispensable. So I didn't want to forget putting that out there. Uh, You you keep saying, you know, the certainty of mortality. And I kept in my head. I also keep hearing the certainty of uncertainty. That's the one that rings on me as well as the certainty of uncertainty. I think that that's been implanted in all of us. And I think about it now and feel like it's arrogant for me to think that it won't be that things are ever going to really be back to normal. I think we just ditched normal because now we've got, you know, the second variant of, of COVID, but next year, is there going to be another one, something new, and it's going to shut everything down again, that I've got to be responsible and prepared uh, right now. And on that, you know, being prepared, it's, I don't know how we can be that predictive, though. I'd love to be in that game and knock it out of the park with being predictive. But some of the stuff you talked about, yeah, Tom, how would we have known? You, you, you're talking about the increase in RV sales and uh, vacation homes and all this. It's, I would, I would have bet. Ex- I would have, I would have claimed fact of exactly the opposite happening, and I, I actually had proof because in March, well, not not right in March, but everything shut down in March. In April. We lost about half of our advertisers and they were the advertisers who had somewhat non-essential items. If you're an advertiser selling toilet paper, well, if you're selling toilet paper, you didn't even need to advertise. But, you know, if you're selling something that's essential, you're still good. Those advertisers stuck. Everybody who was a quote non-essential pulled back because they thought, oh my gosh, everything's shut down. Nobody's going to have money. They're all going to hold on to it. And the exact opposite happened. It's nuts. They're buying RVs and second homes. It was not long after that that I was looking for a bike. My daughter uh, is a big mountain biker, and I wanted another mountain bike as well for my fleet. So I contacted my buddies at Cannondale, said, hey, let's do a deal. I'll get some bikes. We'll do some promo. And they said, man, we'd love to. We don't have any. They're gone. It's going to be a year or so before we can even start fulfilling what our bike shops need. Even our, our pro deals are our, our high. We're going to make you a priority, Kevin, but it's just going to be a while. We can't give them to anybody. I said, seriously, I had no idea. I, it, it's just yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely nuts. Um, yeah. Another reason why advertising went down in some areas, they, they, they don't need to advertise. They don't have any.
0: Well, that's true as well. If you're out of stock, <laughs> you're flat. That, that, that was, that was nuts. Now, So coming back to you, you're talking about performing at a higher level because that was a little bit of my premise here. So it's interesting and it was well, well uh, positioned for Anthony Thomas here to say, hey, I've enjoyed this pandemic time. I traveled almost nonstop for an entire year in a camper van. And this comes back to your message that I led this show off with, Tom, of people getting focused around their quality of life and that those who did are seeing their work quality go up as well, though there are a lot of them, and this is a cool thing, that have decided, yeah, work's not so important. I don't need more money. I don't need more acclaim and progress in that area. If you, Obviously, you got to be able to afford it. So it depends on where you are there financially. But I saw a lot of people scale back. And say, you know what, man, at this time at home, we're homeschooling the kids. We've got more time. I talked to a friend the other day, and he said the same thing I experienced. Is man, I've been exercising and, you know, having adventures more than ever. I said, me too. I rode my mountain bike. I ran more this year. And that wasn't even because I, I worked less so much, but because of some of the family things. The kids weren't going to soccer, gymnastics, dance. You know, we had so much more time, and I put that into Uh, My own, I I wouldn't even say health and wellness. That's not why I did it. Now it was good for that. I did it because it's just fun for me. It was me having like, like Anthony here, uh, just going and traveling. So I appreciate that some people didn't take the top performance to work so much. They, in essence, took top performance to their life, to their, to their joy, to their self-care. It was a great time for self-care. I saw the same thing with, um, we had, a, we had a bunch of advertising by better help, which is online counseling. Uh, they, and a lot of those p- companies aren't advertising because they don't need to people turned. Thank goodness. What a great thing to counseling therapy as well as, you know, coaching and consulting, but man, what a great thing. I think we should all be in therapy all the time. Why, why wouldn't we be? Um, so, so yeah, so, so, uh, interesting there. Um, Terry Johnson here, he says, it's better now. We set, He has a life insurance company. We set up systems in 2018, allowing us, He have a family business, to work from anywhere in the world. This is interesting, Tom. And he said, and you had to almost hide this from clients for fear of judgment before COVID. Now, all of a sudden, you're, a, and he has it in quotes, an industry thought leader for being able to do that. Again, just so, you know, to be resilient among uncertainty, to look ahead and go, Maybe this, not to be pessimistic, but maybe this is a sign of the times that things are not going to remain certain. I think we've known that for a long time with the technology going like it is. You turned me on to the book, Tom, The Future is Faster Than You Think by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler. And that book is a great one. They don't don't have some point they're driving you to. It's not a personal development book. It's a, hey, this is just what's happening. So do with it what you will to some degree, but to look at it and go, Oh my goodness, things are going to change. So if we just look at that and go, we have no idea. We can't predict it all. Things are going to be changed. How are going to change? How do I prepare myself to be indispensable in my job, to have a business that can pivot, that has multiple streams of income, uh, that can deal with what I don't know, the world getting you know, shut down or the world getting sped up We don't know, but it's all leading us to a place of responsibility. And in that, it's probably leading us, like back to you, what you said, Tom, with savings. People are saving more than ever. Well, it's a shame that we hadn't been saving to begin with. And I say we, I mean, me as well, because I just thought I was okay, I didn't pay attention to it much, and that it's driving us back to do what we've probably gotten out of the habit, save money, have margin, Not have all our eggs in one basket. I mean, these are things that I would tell my kids to do always, anytime. Never more than now when we have more uncertainty. But again, that that sounds so bad and sounds so pessimistic and negative. But maybe we were just being arrogant and lazy on the side over here of trying to pretend like it's always going to be certain And we're just going to come over here and say, man, let's do what we can. If I'm in a place where I know I can weather uncertainty, I just have more peace in general. It's going to take some work to get up there, but have more peace. So it it feels like a great, well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about your book, Tom, which I was up late last night writing an endorsement for. So it's, it's, (laughs) it's high on my mind, but it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's just so appropriate, you know, even on that, cause you really go to the heart. And I don't know if I, we, don't, we don't have time to unpack the book now, and it's a little premature, but we I'm eager to, but you know, you go so much to the heart of our character, our morality, our ethics, who we are, how we are, as opposed to just what we do. One of the comments here by Christine Apple, she says, I enjoy, uh, having fewer In personal meetings, uh, I had somebody yesterday talking about meetings, just going on and on about meetings, just kind of dissing meetings, you know, that there are so many things that we just did because they were just by proxy that now we have gotten more relationally focused, I think more health focused, more efficiency focused. And we're looking at things like, why did we do that? We obviously proved that we do not need to do that. Why did we do that? So yeah, as it all shakes out was this a pandemic or was this, it's so pithy to say, but to some degree, and that's what the show was focused on how, for how many people can we find the gift in this? Right.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's, of course we're, we're, we're speaking about um, people with options, people with industries uh, that may have changed, but your skill set, your education, your, your, you know, dad always said, Hey, I'm a lifelong learner. And And the people who really buy into that, hey, I'm a lifelong learner, who are becoming as an expert in their own industry as they can, but also maybe in inside areas they have an interest in, they just keep learning and learning and learning. When the disruption comes, you're ready for it because you've got the growth mindset. You you can say, wow, the way it was has changed and look at all these new problems and I'm good at solving problems. So there's an opportunity. Uh, A lot of industries... You know, dead, killed, travel, hospitality, restaurant. Uh, and if you were, you know, if, if that was your, your loan skill set and your mindset is that's all I can do, yeah. then it's a really tough boat. I mean, it, it's a hard thing. So not everybody had savings. I'm just saying, in general, the reason the savings went up is because people stopped spending on the things that you couldn't spend on that they were spending on expensive meals out, outside, uh, vacations and trips and hotel bills and, you know, going to spend the weekend somewhere else. And, you know, you drop, you spend 1000 or 2000 on this little weekend and, you know, and, and a lot of people did that. And then all of a sudden, six months, that all piles up. You haven't spent any of it. And somebody says, hey, why don't we get an RV? You know, we can't, we're, we'll just be together. Boom, that's, that's the crazy thing crazy stuff that happens. And, you know, dad had a quote and I started saying this quote at the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm gonna say it now, but now it has a different meaning. The quote is, expect the best, prepare for the worst and maximize what comes. And that was, that's, that was dad's approach to life. And, and so when I first started saying that when the lockdowns first happened, it was in response to the lockdowns. Yeah. Look, we don't know how long this is gonna last. You need to have a positive attitude. You need to expect the best. You need to go out and find what problems you can solve. You need to be a problem solving focused mindset. But you also need to prepare for the worst, which means this could take longer than we think, or you know somebody might get sick that you don't wanna get sick, or, or something might happen in business that we don't wanna have happen. But whatever comes your way, maximize. Just maximize it, get the most out of it. And now when we have really lived the certainty of uncertainty, I think preparing for the worst really means growing every spoke on our wheel of life, strengthening everything instead of only focusing on that career economic engine thing that we thought was the linchpin. (laughs) We focus on these other six mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, and personal when we, when we grow all of those things and strengthen those things, that means we're preparing for the worst because no matter what happens, the wheel will stay round yeah. and then we can maximize whatever opportunity comes our way. Uh, there, the mic drop
0: right there. That's a good, uh, you started the show with your message or I read it and that's, the, uh, that's a good ending. Yeah, I, I feel inspired from this. Thanks for the folks. I, I only read a handful, but thanks for the folks who posted here. It uh, got the wheels turning on what the benefits and man, gosh, I, I, you know, I'll say this at the beginning of the show, so much compassion to those who really did have a big hit and to those who it was really difficult to pivot. And maybe you were in an industry where it was massively hard to, and you're still struggling today. So I'll make sure that put that in the intro of the show. There's so much compassion there and we don't want to minimize or, or breeze over that uh, as well. But I think for all of us, no matter what position that we're in, even if you're one of those people who is, let's say like Jeff in the real estate industry and things are booming, that's not going to last forever. What if we can't predict it, but for whatever X, Y, Z reason, another pandemic or whatever, and it goes absolutely the opposite way. This is the time to be saving, to be looking at where else can we be producing income. And it's a call for all of us to be uh why it's, it's such a difficult work because I know it's got baggage behind it, but to some sense, be more responsible. Have our, have our ducks in a row. Oh, hey, Tom, thanks for inspiring this show with your uh, initial email and message, and thanks for the insight.
1: You got it, brother. The greatest podcast host in all the land, I'm Kevin Miller. Keep thanking you and accepting that.
0: <laughs> well, there you have it, making your business uncertainty-proof. Multiple streams of income. It's just good timing as you're going to hear me launching some of my own multiple streams of income soon right here on the show. Coming up in Ziggler show episode 925, I'm back with $100 million business guy, rags the riches story, Stephen Scoggins. I shared his story and his counsel and inspiration in episode 923. And this time we talked through his personal habits. And I really liked his daily habit of doing a brain dump at the end of the day, writing everything down on his mind before he heads home. He says it helps him be present with his family and it gives him confidence to be properly focused on priorities for the next day. I just really like that idea. I want to try that till then. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.